0: Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly.
1: Good morning. I'm Karen.
0: It's Thanksgiving weekend and mm-hmm. it- we're doing something totally
1: unrelated. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about people that go to their own funerals. So dead people. Oh, yeah, that, that, that I know, I love the way right. you
0: worded that. <laughs> <laughs> People's brains are already cramping. They haven't even had turkey yet. <laughs> so people that go to their own funerals.
1: Yeah, because we're two mediums and we get to talk to people. Who've crossed over. So I just thought it would be really fun to hear some different stories about when they go to their own funerals and what they think about it.
0: Okay, so do you have any examples right off the bat?
1: Totally. I can think of piles of them, Kelly. Okay. And some re- recent ones because it is a very common thing in sessions with Medium for people to come in and ask Did we do the funeral right? Yeah. Yeah. Did we do it right? Did they see what we did? And what they really are asking us is, can you tell us what they what we did at the funeral? Right. We want to hear the dead person tell us what we did. We want an affirmation that, that they were there. Right. So I've, there's lots of stories about stuff like that. And some that are funny and some that are not. So let's just let's just get started and we'll throw some different stories in. Do you want me to begin? Is that what you were meaning? Sure.
0: I yeah, I am. Um, I'm fresh off the new Grey's Anatomy episode. So here's my reference already. And the person because I won't do spoilers. The person who passed in the show, their relatives were sort of speaking out to the crowd to address the death. And they couldn't hide the fact that they were happy and comforted by the fact that this person had passed. Oh, okay. And I, I, I'm bringing that up now because I know that's going to work its way into some of the, mm-hmm. the examples that you're going to bring up about what's said at funerals, what's done at funerals, how people feel and how they behave, mm-hmm. and if it's
1: actually consistent with what they feel. Okay, so I'm going to start with one that comes to mind where a group of people came for a group session and the person who crossed over was their mother, And the mom came through to say that she had been a complete bitch to one daughter. And that she had been so kind and so good to the other three daughters. And so at the funeral, she got to be at her own funeral as a dead person. And she got to see how everybody talked so beautifully about her life, how giving, how loving, how caring. She was always there for her grandkids, blah, blah, blah. And that there was one daughter sitting there who was full of sadness, and full of anger, and full of rage and disappointment, which she had lived her whole life. And that all her three sisters knew that, but still got up at the church, or place, I I can't remember where it was at the funeral at the uh, funeral home or whatever, knowing that this one sister was sitting there being hurt over and over again, including all the way through her funeral. The mom came in, and gave the three daughters shit and said, you knew this, you knew this about your sister. You knew that this was going to hurt her. And you did it anyway, even after the fact that I had died and you could have fixed things. But then she turned and said to me, please apologize to my daughter. I want to spend this time telling her that I'm sorry for the way that I had treated her during her life and that I've changed and grown since I've crossed over, and that I know I picked on her. I knew it on earth, I know it on the other side, and it isn't okay. She picked on this one particular daughter because she was the one that most resembled herself. She had the same qualities as the mom. So because the mom hated herself, she let it all out on the daughter. So it was neat because at the funeral, she or at, during the session, she used that time to be able to go back to the funeral and see what had happened during that period of time amongst her daughters, the four daughters.
0: It makes me wonder how the process of grieving could possibly change if we were more truthful Or truthful period at funerals.
1: Absolutely. And I don't understand why or where it ever came from or why we don't ever break the pattern. That we think that when we go to a funeral, the only thing that ever could be said is all good stuff. Some people just didn't live a good life. They just weren't nice, kind, compassionate people. Some of them were just horribly narcissistic. Destructive. And we don't acknowledge that we, we we push it all away and try and find just the good in the person. And I know there's good in, in, in most people to some degree, you can find something. But to avoid the truth is a big issue.
0: Well, it perpetuates pain, it mm-hmm. stops the process of grieving. And like I said, at the beginning of the episode, it's a brain cramp. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, for that for that one daughter, who can't understand why all these lovely things are being said. How are you supposed to process your own pain Mm -hmm. when those are the type of lines that you are fed and that other people have to grasp to so, so hard?
1: Well, they have to ignore your pain. They have to ignore your whole experience. So... The mom was basically saying the three daughters were, the three sisters were ignoring their sister's experience, not validating her relationship, not validating her own life experience.
0: And, And to me, what that says is, I don't want to take responsibility for not having stepped up and been there as a support to you.
1: That's right. Which is part of the contract between the sisters with each other and this each of the sisters with the mom. So instead of those three sisters acknowledging it, they let it go, they they perpetuate the abuse. So the mom came in to say, it's enough, the abuse has to stop with my death. I'm here to apologize to the daughter that I've done this to, and I'm here to say to the other three sisters, I'm sorry too, you need, but you all need to stop it now.
0: This brings to mind Toxic Parents and Emotional Blackmail by Susan Forward, where in the first part, she describes the kind of abusive parent, because there's all different ways that we can be abusive. And then in part two, she talks about specifically if the parent has died, how you, how you can deal with your grief, right. how you can deal with and address the abuse even after they've passed.
1: Mm-hmm. And I do believe Susan recommends writing it out. And sharing it with somebody, it does, and, and an appropriate person, and that person could be a therapist or a, a trusted friend or partner that's compassionate towards your own experience with your mother. Or that one person, but that one really stood out for me, be it like, and how complicated that whole hour session was, because I do recall that of the three sisters, the mom was nicer to, that two of them wanted to stay in that place of I'm special I'm sitting here their backs got straight they wanted to defend themselves they oh, their ego was all over the room
0: well I think some people hold the belief that if she could treat me so well you must have done something wrong to deserve how <clears throat> she treated you
1: oh yeah and I mean if if the one sister ever did do one tiny thing wrong they're going to hold on to that right and throw it in her face for the rest of her life And there is that, what I was trying to say, more abuse. Mm -hmm. Because the mom engaged the other three sisters in abusing one sister. So it became four abuse of women on one. Mm -hmm. Even if the abuse is silence or avoiding talking about it or acknowledging it, but not standing up to your mother and saying, no, if you treat my sister like this, you will lose me too. t w o t o o both okay, yeah, because then it could be you will you will lose us three mm-hmm. us four the the point was that the that those four girls had strength gotcha, and that the mom didn't want them to see that, so she came to talk about her funeral and to talk about the relationship to say. That the funeral just heaped a shit ton of more pain on that one sister and that she was there to acknowledge it. She saw it, but she, she got to see then what it really, what, how she had really lived her life because she went to her own funeral. Isn't that cool?
0: Yeah, I, I've always wondered if people show up at their own funerals or if they're just so done with being human that it's like, no thanks.
1: Well, I can answer that having grown up in a funeral home.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. I just think it's something that's so, so fascinating because I think a lot of people think, oh, I, I'll come back and hear all the lovely things that were said about me. That'll feel good. They want to see how people saw them. Mm-hmm. But if you're attending your own funeral and you're just listening to the sugar-coated speech, mm-hmm. you're still not privy to the truth.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why I thought that one was was in particular really good. Because she went to her own funeral to see the three daughters sit in their lies. Sit in what they thought was their comfort or their mother's love. When it wasn't, it was their mother's abuse. They sat in the abuse and thought it felt good.
0: The amount of isolation that stems from funerals I think is paralyzing I I think about what it's like to sit in the front row as a family member where you've I don't want to say lost but you someone has passed and you have to sit through all of these kind untruthful words how the body just shakes with anger because you know otherwise you know you know the truth about things And so now, not only maybe is this woman looking at her two sisters loathing them, but she's got a whole room full of people that she now feels disconnected from because how can I connect to you if you can't see or aren't willing to look at the truth? Mm -hmm. So you walk away feeling more disconnected from society and, and then a lack of desire to connect with people after that. So not only are you grieving... Now you don't even want to connect with people, which is what usually brings us back to a place of healing.
1: Perfectly said. And I think it's it's this was such a good way, I think, to start this particular show about people who've crossed over attending their own funeral to learn, and that funerals are an opportunity to learn. I remember going to a girlfriend's funeral, and I think we talked about it on a podcast show. And I was sitting at the back of the church, it was a Catholic funeral, and the priest is at the front of the church, and the casket is up towards the very front. And as you mentioned, the family is in the front rows, and then everyone behind. So I had arrived, and because of my gifts, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be in the middle of the church. Well, truth be told, I don't want to be in a church, but I was at the very back. And the priest was saying things about her, and saying, she's in heaven, and she's with the angels, and she was saying things like, no, I'm not. I'm right here. Stop talking like that. I'm right here. I'm with my family. Stop saying I'm over in heaven. And she was standing in, I, I could see her standing there, so frustrated with the the police, or the police. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She was so frustrated with the priest and she kept saying things like, that's a lie. That's a lie. Stop that. She was going through her own process in that church during her own funeral saying, no, no, I'm standing beside my daughter. No, no, I'm standing over here with my grandson. No, no, I'm trying to get their attention. And then uh, different little aspects would happen where, oh, I remember her what was it, Kelly? Her nephew had died when he was just a little boy. It was around four or five. And he saw her, he'd passed decades ago, about three or four. He came in to help his great aunt with her own funeral. <laughs> and he came in to say, his name was David, I think. He came in to say, it's okay, Auntie MJ, it's okay. Um, These are what the humans are doing, but it's okay. You don't have to be stuck here at your funeral. You don't have to yell at him. He can't hear you. He's not listening. Yeah. Isn't that interesting?
0: Well, and I think just to go back and illustrate the point that you're making but aren't saying is that those kinds of comments by priests or by the officiate, whatever official I don't know what the word is, creates distance between the loved one who has passed, and the human that's here grieving. Mm-hmm. So while the soul is sitting there, going, "No, no, I'm standing right next to you," mm-hmm. and this figure of authority is saying to the humans, "They're gone. They're away. They're far from you. Mm-hmm. You've lost them." But I'll, con- I'll, I'll convince you that it's a better place. Mm-hmm. Then even more confusion in the brain, because then how, if, if I think I feel the person next to me, mm-hmm. but I'm being told they're nowhere near me then I have to deny what I'm feeling.
1: Exactly. And
0: I have to deny their personality that I know so well that of course they would be with me, but you're telling me they're not.
1: Yeah. And if you are somebody who does believe, say that they are with you, say that you do believe that, then you now have to sit in that building listening to another human being saying something that you disagree with. But you're not allowed to speak up and say, yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah, that that doesn't sit with me. You're not allowed to. You have to sit in silence. So that was neat because some of those family members asked me afterwards if she was present. They wanted to know if she was there for her funeral. They wanted to know if they were correct about certain feelings and things that happened during her service. And not asking me and saying, did this happen? They just said, "What did you get at the back of the church?" I wish I could have sat with you. How
0: shitty to hear! Oh yeah, they were there, but they were so angry at what went on at their funeral, they left. Mm-hmm. Makes you question how you're conducting it, or hopefully makes you question.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I want Can I go to another one now? Another person went to their own funeral, and it, it was in a barn what (laughs) this was so good the funeral was in a barn okay I guess weddings happen there too go ahead (laughs) yes that's so true their funeral was in a barn and I could hear gunshots and I thought this doesn't make any sense to me as a medium I don't understand why when the family's asking me if they can prove that he was at his own funeral I would be standing in a barn listening to gunshots And they all burst out laughing and said, what else do you get? And I said, I see plaid shirts and blue jeans. Yes. They were thrilled because they held his funeral in the barn. They all wore jeans and plaid shirts because it's exactly what he wore. It was a mom and his two brothers. And the funeral literally was them. Nice. It was not in anything, I'll say, traditional. They literally just, when he passed, they cremated him and the service or whatever you want to call it, the acknowledgement of life, let's call it the acknowledgement of life, was in, their, was in their, their farm. And they just literally went in there and they shot off the rifles because they were all hunters and that's what they loved doing together. And that's how they comm- commemorated his life. They did exactly what he loved doing. That was his service. So to actually describe, oh, and the dog was there. They had dogs. So all the dogs were in the barn. So I could see just his mom, his two brothers, and his dogs, and some guns. And he was thrilled, thrilled to be with them. He had committed suicide. He had shot himself. In the barn. Hmm. So they just tried very hard to sit in that. They tried very hard to think of how they really wanted to acknowledge his life and to to validate and to accept his death. And that if he had chose that was his place to end his life, that they would be okay with it, that they would love him through his choice. Wow. Isn't that incredible?
0: Yeah, and I like that you said both um, validate yeah. and accept.
1: Yes, it, it, it was a total acceptance of this is how he chose to live. This is how he chose to die. He made choices. We're going to accept that these are the choices he made and respect them. We're not going to try and um, judge them. We're going to accept it. And so by going right back to that place and sitting there and saying, we love you, we acknowledge this, we accept it, it does hurt, but we accept it, it does hurt, but we accept it. And this was beautiful, in a very different kind of way. But it really, again, it really taught me, as each session does, there's always something to learn, eh, Kelly? Yeah, that's why we keep going. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any? I've talked about three.
0: Not off the top of my head. The most recent example that I can even relate to at this point is just my own experience at a funeral. Uh, And that sends me into a blind rage. So I'm just listening and getting the most that I can out of the lessons today. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I've channeled people about their funerals, but I, I struggle with memory. Okay. I really do uh I know all the points that you're making are valid, I know that they're important, but I don't have one that I can pick out that that stands that stands out
1: mm, I have another one, sure, I remember when I was a little girl uh at the funeral home because we i went there for lunch every day um during school because our school was a half block away from the funeral home, and my dad would feed the younger children lunch. And I remember there being a little girl with red hair, with pigtails. She wanted me to tell her mom that she was okay. That she was safe, that she was happy, but that she was still around. And I just remember her walking around the funeral home. L- I want to say looking for somebody who would listen to her. And I just remembered talking to her. I just remembered hearing that. I remember going up and telling my dad, like thinking, because I was a kid. I remember telling my dad that she wanted her mom to know that she was okay. And I remember my dad sort of being like, like just brushing it aside. Like, okay, Karen Ann, you know, your soup is on the table in the lunchroom. <laughs> Downstairs beside the embalming room. Like, you know, go, go down.
0: It's it's very odd that you throw in very awkward things like they they mean nothing and keep continuing with your story. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> those, those were okay. I but I just remember her, um, wanting to comfort her mom, and I think that is something that when people cross over, they want to comfort us as humans. They're aware that we're hurting, and I think that's one of the things that as humans, we want to know that they know. Because some people come in and want to know, do they know I'm hurting? Do they know I miss them? Do they know I love them? Do they know I still love them? Do they know I still love them? Five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, another marriage later? I've had kids since they passed away with another woman or whatever. Do they still know I love them? Do they still know? And it's yes. It's important to hear it.
0: I think it's important to hear that they're not in pain anymore. Yeah. And I know that's part of what you're saying in terms mm-hmm. of wanting to comfort them, but that, that's big. Mm-hmm. And I think important enough to point out on its own, mm-hmm. because when there is a death where there's been any kind of pain or suffering, as humans, we keep holding on to that being their last moment, thinking that they carry that on as they've passed. Mm-hmm. So to hear that they can breathe again To hear that they're not burning whatever it is that they felt as a human before they passed. It's important, like you said, at that time when people are grieving for them to know.
1: Yeah. And for them to know, too, that sometimes people will come in and say, can you give me anything around their funeral? And the person who's crossed over, the dead person will say, or the spirit will say, they didn't make it to my funeral they couldn't make it, or they didn't want to be there. And I understand that they didn't want to be there. And I understand why. I hurt this person, I ignored this person, I was a narcissist, I was mean, I did this, whatever the reasons are. And that person gets to sit there and listen and know that they didn't go because they were honoring themselves. And the person who passed understood that. And sometimes, especially if it's like a family member, and say there's five people in the family, and one doesn't go to the funeral, the other four go to the funeral, that still causes a lot of heartache between those five, and sometimes so much so that it causes pain for the rest of their lives. Mm. They don't get over f- respecting a person's decision to attend or not attend based on their own relationship. Yeah. Yeah they get into this is our mother this is our brother this is our father and we should have all been there you should have been there for me and it's like what there's their own narcissism again their own selfishness we're a family you should have been there you should have come for me or to be a family and that person is trying to say screw you we haven't been a family since day one there's that whole thing about society where they might just be embarrassed that a sibling didn't come. Because then the cat's out of the bag that maybe mom or dad was mean. Yeah. And not nice. And the one that's not here is the one they weren't nice to. And the other ones don't want to have to explain that to anybody.
0: I think that people's uh, potential of passing causes a lot of others anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because exactly what you're saying what am I going to do about the funeral do I want to attend as a human and so even before they've passed they can't they feel like they can't afford for that person to leave even though they don't like them even though they don't have a relationship with them because they don't they don't want the stress of carrying through what how they really feel yes making that statement of I'm I'm going or I'm not
1: Yeah, and if they go, that they're just sort of still throwing everything under the rug for the rest of the family so that nobody has to acknowledge the truth. And they want them, so it's a silent kind of expectation or bullying, that they want them there to keep all those secrets. Mm -hmm. I just think it's really cool how the spirit world will come through and talk about the funerals. Or the situations around that to say what they saw, what they went through, what the what the truth was. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this was it's just about telling the truth. And sometimes the only way to get it is to talk to the medium or the psychic or intuitive, however people want to word all these gifts. Because it, people, people do eventually want to know because it is the way to heal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes going to therapy over it can't get you there. Because you don't get those affirmations. You don't get those answers. You don't get the apology direct from the person who's died. Writing it in a letter does some healing, but it doesn't get you done. It's a step in a process. It can get you pretty far. But sometimes you need to know right from them if they're actually sorry or if they actually saw all of that. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Remember, I want to do one little one. Remember, right based on this type of thing. One person who came in and said, I want to know what happened at my dad's funeral. And the dad came through and just simply said to me, well, what he's really asking you is, was I sitting with him by the lake on the rock? That's the question. And so I wrote down on a piece of paper, sat with you by the lake on a rock. And, and I turned it around and I showed it to um, the, his son. And he said, well, that, that's exactly what I needed to know because I didn't go to his funeral. Um, I, I really hated him. I went to the lake and I sat on the rock and I just wanted peacefulness. So he wasn't in a building. He wasn't at a church for, his, for that son. He went to the rock by the lake to sit with him. That was his funeral with that son so a different way of seeing it a different place that a funeral doesn't have to be a ceremony it doesn't have to be in a building it doesn't have to be structured by um i don't know if you call it a minister or priest by, by a particular person that that the experience of it is bigger than that and that it is many experiences
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and that they are individual yeah i'm all done
0: okay well thank you
1: Well, i'm probably not really all done because we all know i can keep talking I about know. all the sessions <laughs> but we'll say that we're all done for today sure
0: that works um thank you for sharing all of your examples i appreciate that uh if you have questions or comments about today's show, you're more than welcome to email us at info at We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend and we will talk to you next Saturday.